Welcome to episode six of JW Military Finance. Today, we're going to be talking about the recent change that allows you to use your government travel card during a PCS. So back in early August, NavAdmin 184-19 was released. Um, this NavAdmin was the announcing of using your government travel charge card during your PCS change of station. Um, it's a pilot program. I think it's probably going to be the way forward. I've got some thoughts on it that I'm going to share with you later on, but let's review this NAV admin real quick. The NAV admin announces your ability to use your government travel card during a PCS move. You have to elect to do this. All right. You can still, as of right now, you can still do the normal PCS where you get a travel advance or you fill out your travel claim when you get your, your new duty station and you get reimbursed for your expenses. If you elect to use the travel card, you have to meet these requirements in order to do so. You have to already have a travel card. All right. The government travel charge card already has to be in your possession. You have to be on CONUS to CONUS PCS orders. You must be single or you have to be married traveling with your dependents. You've got to be traveling with the dependents. PCS has to be less than 30 days in total. So if you're leaving your duty station, going TDY to a school, and then getting to your new duty station, if that whole evolution is more than 30 days, you can't use your government travel card. Also, you have to be active duty Navy. This doesn't apply to the reserves or anybody, um, a, a mobilized augmentee or something. It has to be an active duty sailor. Then the intent of this program is to um, reduce, your, reduce or eliminate a sailor's out-of-pocket expenses during a PCS. That's word for word out of the, out of the NAV admin. I disagree with this. I don't think it's going to. Um, I'll explain that later on. Continuing on down, policy details, what you can use this for. You can use it for your TLE. This is um, the 10 days that you get at your new or old duty station during a transfer. Temporary lodging expense. You can get it for your fuel for your car, lodging and meals while you're in travel. And then you can use it for your dislocation allowance. Um, related items of your dislocation allowance. You can also use it at an ATM. Um, if that ATM incurs a fee, it's not reimbursable. I would highly recommend that you just don't use your government travel card and an ATM. Also, what you cannot use it for, all right, you cannot use it for, um, you can't use it in, com in, a, in a combined with an electronic fund transfer. It's one or the other, not both. You can't use it if you're doing a personally procured move, formerly known as Diddy. You have to be having the military move you, the Navy move you. And also you can't use it for your commercial airfare for the PCS travel. That has to still be booked through the Navy Passenger Transportation Office. Also, um, you can't use it while you're on leave. Some people take leave before they transfer. You can't use it for that period of time. Um, that's, that's a personal travel uh, and personal use. That's not what a government travel card is. And then either, either way, you're going to have to file your um, travel voucher within five working days of reporting to your new permanent duty station. Um, the the uh, 
it has some other information in the nav admin that is basically for when you're activating your travel card for it that doesn't really pertain to the sailor that's more for um, your command and what they need to do then they go on to listing what the navy says the advantages of using your government travel card are um, compared to they compare it to a private credit card they say there's no interest charges available temporary increase meaning you can increase the credit limit on your travel card you're, you've got access to the city customer service. Um, it's cool for mission critical status. Ensured payment is not due until after your check-in. No delays due to processing of tra uh, traditional travel events, which we know the last uh, couple of years, if you get your money on the back end, it's been taking a long time. I know some sailors that have waited three, four, six months for their travel money. And then it's it's automatic Um you, you get accident insurance and you have the automatic common carrier baggage assistance. All right, so they list some, some good advantages, but I'm going to debunk a few of these things later on in the podcast. Okay, should you use your government travel card for a PCS? Short answer, I don't think so. Not at all. It's dangerous. It's scary. All right. Um, I've PCS'd five times. Every time has been across country. I went from, uh, well, except for one, I went from Jacksonville to Key West, Key West to San Diego, San Diego to New Orleans, New Orleans back to San Diego. Never once have I thought it would be a good idea to use a government travel card. Never once have I needed to save exuberant amounts of money. I see posts all the time. Uh, I'm in the Dave Ramsey military finance group and you see people all the time. How much money should I save for a PCS? I've never saved any extra money. The only thing I think you can justify a little bit of trying to save some extra money would be when you get to a new duty station and or into your new apartment, the Navy doesn't move a lot of things. They don't move like refrigerator items so you're going to need that first grocery store trip is going to be expensive you're going to have to restock up on your ketchup mustard ranch dressing um, all your little essentials a lot of seasonings and stuff like that They're, they don't move that um, all of your liquid stuff you're going to have to resupply on that all of your cleaning stuff you're going to have to resupply on all of that but realistically those expenses are like less than a thousand dollars also, every time you move into a new apartment, condo, home, whatever, you want to make it your own. So you're going to need, you know, some new shower curtains, maybe some new blinds or drapes, um, a new carpet, you know, incidentals like that. Realistically, all of that stuff, that's what your DLA is for, your dislocation allowance. It is to reestablish that household. So do you need to save extra money? No, just check in your your TIS that you want dislocation allowance. There's so many people that don't request dislocation allowance and it's crazy. All right, dislocation allowance for an E4 with dependents is an extra $2,267 in 2019. All right, you need six, it's 2520. And if you're an officer listening to this, thank you. Um, but it's uh, $3,104. All right, well, thank you for anybody for listening to this. But that's a lot of money that you get that, you know, most people are going to use their dislocation allowance as your 
first month or security deposit on your new apartment or condo or maybe even a down payment on your on your mortgage like for closing costs or something but that's what dislocation allowance is for that money is to help you establish your household also um you should request your travel money up front if you get the money up front you know how much money you got you know how much money you can spend so I don't think you need to have a whole lot of money saved up for your PCS. I've never saved extra money and I've never needed extra money. The travel money, my dislocation allowance, my uh, per diem money, everything like that. I guess I've just been smart about it I or I've just been really lucky. It's always been enough or more than enough every single time. Never came out of pocket on a PCS move. I've broke even, um, maybe made a few bucks, but I've never been like, geez, this PCS move really set me back or hindered my financial goals. Maybe I've been lucky, all right? But I, I really don't think that you need to save up an exorbitant amount of money prior to your PCS. And like I said, request your travel money up front. When you request your travel money in advance, you get, uh, it's roughly 80%. You get about 80% of what you're entitled to up front. And then when you get to your duty station, you file your travel claim. If When you submit your lodging receipts and stuff like that, if you're owed more money, you'll get more money. Um, but you can take this 80% and you can budget out your trip. You should get this money um, anywhere from five to 10 days in advance of your travel and that gives you some time to budget out your trip, all right? How much money you're gonna get, that's the thing. A lot of people don't know how much money they're gonna get. The per diem rate is $149 a day, all right? This is $94 for lodging, $50 for meals. That's for you as the service member. Then you're gonna get, if you've got dependents, you can get a per diem rate for an adult dependent, and then there's a separate per diem rate for a, um, youth dependent all right and that is money for food all right realistically a family of three on my last pcs we were able to eat on less than the 50 dollars a day we stayed at hotels that had free breakfast we packed some sort of sandwiches or something for lunch while we were driving and then our only real expense was dinner and when you're on the road you know you're not going to expect Expensive restaurants, you're getting something quick, easy because you just want to relax. So we were under $50 a day for meals. And then, yeah, we got money for my wife and money for my daughter. That is a little, you know, icing on the cake. Also, you get 20 cents per mile. So that's so easy to figure out. If, if you're driving from Norfolk, Virginia to Jacksonville, you figure out how many miles it is you multiply that by 20 cents and there you go that's how much money i think my pcs from new orleans to san diego i got a, a little over 300 dollars for um travel expense well if you've got a vehicle with good fuel mileage that 300 dollars was more than sufficient for the fuel expense yeah there's some like incidentals in there that are talking about you know, wear and tear on your tires, wear and tear on your brakes, wear, you know, extra oil, whatever, all of that, it, it, the $300 was more than sufficient. So when you get your travel money, you can figure out, okay, cool, I'm going to, it's going to take these many days to travel, 
I'm going to use this much gas. I get this much money for food. How can I mitigate these expenses? It's, it's about being smart with the money. And what I fear is that when people are told just to use the government travel card for their PCS, they're not going to pay attention to how much money they're, they're allowed to spend. When you are spending on a credit card, you, you're inclined to spend a lot more money. So if you're not, if you're overspending already on your PCS travel, and now they're going to give you a government travel card, and you think, well, I can just charge everything up, the government's going to pay for it. That's not the case. They're going to pay you what you're entitled to. And if you exceed that, guess what? You owe the, you owe the Navy money now. You owe the military money. So the government travel card, I fear, is going to get people in a lot of trouble. Especially when you think about where you cannot use a government travel card. You can't use it in bars to buy alcohol. I'm going to throw it strip clubs. Do not use your government travel card in a strip club. All right. You're laughing, but people do this. I've seen it done. All right. Um, the government travel card is going to cause people to overspend. They're going to not be, they're going to be fully reimbursed for what they're entitled to. And it's not going to be enough to cover the charges on the card. That's what I fear. All right. Also, it says in the nav admin that you can use it for um, DLA related expenses, which like I said, that's establishing your household. That would be like that first trip to the grocery store, blinds, drapes, curtains, those type of things establishing. But if you were going to try and use your DLA money, your dislocation allowance at $2,200, $2,500, and uh, depending on your pay grade, if you were going to use that money as your down payment on um, your first month's rent or your security deposit, a lot of the times you cannot use a credit card for that. So that makes it a little bit of a challenge. You, you know, how are you going to swipe your card if they don't take it for that? Um, the no interest charges on your account that they list in the in the nav admin. Um, yeah, sure. There's no interest charges. But I wouldn't want to be late on my payment or owe the Navy money. Also, if you use your own credit card and you pay it off with your travel money that you got, there's no interest charges on that. So this benefit is really not a benefit. Um, yeah, you can get a temporary increase in your credit limit. But why? you don't need that. If you just got the travel advance, you don't need an increase in your credit limit. And, and remind you, this, this government travel card, it does get reported, all right? If you're late, you miss this, it, it could go on your credit score and damage your credit score. Um, no, no delays in processing your travel advance. That's probably the only one true real advantage of this. Um, there are so many people waiting for travel money, it's ridiculous. I've got one of my second classes that's been here uh, for several months that's been waiting for his travel money you know, keeps getting the loop around. He's owed around $1,500. It's been months. He's finally getting some traction on it. Hopefully he gets his money soon. But um, yeah, that's a hassle. And this is maybe the one true benefit of using the government travel card. You wouldn't have to worry about that. The government makes the payment to your credit card for you. Um, you don't have to worry about that. I don't think that this is a smart thing to do if you are not fully aware of a breakdown of what your moving entitlement is, what your moving expenses are, and then 
um, your ability to just swipe. All right, it's too easy to just swipe, not pay attention to what your total entitlement is going to be, exceeding that total entitlement, and then what? Now you're out of pocket for your PCS. And the reality of it is, is that no one should be coming out of pocket for their PCS. And I fear that this is going to cause more sailors to be coming out of pocket with their PCS. If you're going to use a credit card for your PCS travel, it is my opinion that you should use your own credit card. Why? Well, one, you will have requested your travel money in advance and you will know how much money you can spend. Then you can get all the benefits of your credit card while you travel. During your PCS, you are gonna have an exceptionally higher rate of spending, all right? And those reward points and stuff that you can get could be of a boosted benefit to you, all right? There's the cash back, there's your travel miles, your airline miles, your travel credits, all of that stuff. Depending on what credit card you have, this could be a big benefit to you. And if you're using your government travel card, you would be missing out on those airline miles and other card benefits. And by paying your card off on time with your travel money, you're not going to incur any extra interest charges. I'm not a huge fan of credit cards, but I am a fan of using a credit card, paying it off every single month before your balance hits, before interest hits, and basically maintaining a zero balance on the credit card. I'm a fan of using it, paying it off, and getting those travel points. If you're using your government travel card, you will not be entitled to those points. All right, there's no no points with your with your government travel card. I fear that also using your government travel card that you would miss you would misuse the government travel card, and by using your own credit card, you don't have to worry about ooh, can I buy something at this establishment? All right, you don't want to misuse your government travel card. It even says it in the nav admin. Examples of misuse include, but are not limited to, expenses unrelated to PCS travel. Who's gonna determine if, you know, like if you're on your PCS travel and your tire blows out and you have to buy a new tire and you put that on your government travel card, you know, that to me, I wouldn't have gotten that flat tire if I wasn't PCS. And are they gonna say that's an expense unrelated to PCS travel? I don't know, I don't know. ATM cash withdrawals made more than three days prior to official travel. You shouldn't be using an ATM on a credit or your credit card at an ATM, whether it's your personal or your government travel card. But you know they're gonna they're really going to be paying attention to this intentional failure to pay undisputed charges in a timely manner. That that's basically saying that hey we're not gonna pay for that you need to pay for it, and then you don't pay for it. You can find yourself going to Captain's Mass over your PCS travel, over an expense that you made during your travel, all right? Those are just three examples. There's so many more places that you, so many more things that you cannot use your government travel card on. Need to be mindful of that. And if you're using your personal credit card, you don't have to worry about an under, a, a disputed charge, taking a cash advance out more than three days, or determining if this expense is truly related to your PCS travel.
I think you should use your own personal your own personal credit card. You get the reward points. You can pay the balance off just the same. You don't have to worry about what's disputed or undisputed. All right, and you don't have to confine yourself to the parameters of a government travel card. Use your own your own card. I think that's the benefit. Pay the card off with your travel money. Get your reward points. I did. That's how I did it. I'm a big fan of getting your reward points. All right. If you're going to use a credit card, you might as well use your own and take advantage of your own your own rewards. All right. So wrapping up. NavAdmin 184-19 allows you to elect the option to use your government travel card for PCS. Personally, I don't think it's a great idea, but it's the way the Navy's going. Other branches of service have been doing this for a while, so I see this as the way forward for the Navy. We might as well get used to it. However, I feel there's better options to conduct your PCS. Some things to take into mind. These are 2019 numbers, all right? We know 2020 is right around the corner, but 2019, $149 a day in per diem for the active duty military member. 20 cents per mile for your PCS move. You're entitled to temporary lodging expense of 10 nights after your PCS. So if you're entitled five days of travel, those five nights are considered travel. It would be that sixth night that you could use your TLE. All right, so you get 10 nights of TLE. It's a maximum of $290 a day, but you should try and get it at the local government rate for the area that you're in. And honestly, I did the Navy Lodge for my TLE. If the Navy Lodge is available, you should do that. It's reimbursed 100%. They got free breakfast and nice sweet rooms. I mean suite as in like a suite with a kitchenette, all right? Also, you get a dislocation allowance. There's a lot of people that do not select DLA. I don't know why people wouldn't put it on their TIS. Everyone should request DLA, all right? DLA is for an E4, $2,267. An E6, $2,520. And for an example, in 03, it's $3,104. That's with a dependent. Without a dependent, those numbers are kind of like cut in half, at least $700 cheaper, I would go with. Also, if you're moving from an air or to an area where the BAH is higher, I do believe that they up the DLA amount to that BAH rate. This is like the minimum that they pay, but if your BAH is higher, they'll give you a boost. Know what you're entitled to on your PCS ahead of time. You can get a breakdown of all of your pays. You can request that before you PCS, and then you can make a budget for your travel outside of that. Should you save extra money for your PCS? I think no. The smart thing to do is yes. I would probably save up, recommend that you save, you know, a grand or two for your PCS just in case there's some unexpected expenses or that your travel money doesn't cover everything. But in my experience, every single PCS I've done, I have came out in the, you know, I've been break even or in the green. All right. 
not by much. I'm not saying I've made thousands of, you make a couple hundred bucks, maybe, maybe a hundred bucks, but you're in the green on your PCS. I've never been in the red on a PCS. So know what you're entitled to budget for your PCS. Be smart about it. All right. You know how many nights you're going to need a hotel. You can find good hotels at a relatively cheap rate. Know your entitlement. Be smart about it. If you use your government travel card, make sure you know where and when you can use your government travel card. And also, just don't misuse your card. You do not want to be the sailor that misuses your government travel card because you don't want to find yourself going to Captain's Mass because you swiped the credit card in an establishment that you should not have done. I thank you for listening to this episode. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Come check out some of the videos I've done over there. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so that it automatically downloads and shows up in your Apple Podcasts. And come on over to Facebook. Give my Facebook page a like, JW Military Finance. We're, that's it on everything. Podcasts, Facebook, YouTube, JW Military Finance. Come check it out. Support us. Join the conversation. Even ask me a question to get your question answered on the podcast. Thank you.